Content warning for this episode. This episode contains at times detailed discussion of murder, suicide, violence, and allegations of child abuse. Look out, something is going to get you tonight. Let's talk about the thing that's going to get you tonight. Welcome to the Happy Harvest Horror Show. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Brian, and this is the Happy Harvest Horror Show, where we get together and talk about all things spooky, creepy, ooky, and all a little kooky, Adam's family. And we, we, need, really... uh, we need a an addition. I mean, don't get me wrong. I adore our theme song. Our theme song's amazing. Shout out, Brendan. Our theme mm-hmm. song's fantastic. But it would be cool to have an additional theme song that is a play on the Adams Family, because you always do that. <laughs> is it public domain yet? It's been out forever, right? That's. I mean, that's a good question. I feel like it should be, but whoever has the rights to that song, man, maybe the Adams family. <laughs> they probably have the rights. <laughs> the actual Adams family. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we'd have to pay the Adams family royalties every for every episode. <laughs> just have to pay them in like dead rats and like poison, you know. I love are very on brand for them. That's their currency. <laughs> um, well, we got a pretty intense topic to talk about today. Sure do. But before we get into that, Corey. It's been a few weeks since we've recorded. How spooky have your weeks been? So I'm going to keep it short because, as you said, we have a big, big topic today. But I watched, like two nights ago, I watched a movie on Netflix, which is like big. It's like in the top 10 right now. And, you know, I didn't care for it that much. But Tell me about it. Tell me about it. <laughs> have you watched What Lies Below? Lies Below. No, no, I've never seen it. It's like number, it's been like number two, three, four on the like Netflix top 10, which to be fair. Did it just come out? Yeah, it just came out. Um, It has, what's her name? Oh, the the actress who was in American Beauty, Mina Suvari. Okay. And it was actually really weird because I had a moment just like a week ago where I thought about her out of nowhere. I was like, what happened to her? The universe was prepping you. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just, and then she pops up in this horror flick on Netflix. But yeah, the the top 10 on Netflix is a weird thing because I just top 10 people watching it. You know, it doesn't mean like it's great. That's it's like. But so much of it, I feel like, is really not good a lot of the time. Like, and and also a lot of it is stuff I'm not interested in watching. Like, it's a weird top ten Netflix. Like, right? It, I agree. It, it's it's you know rarely my go to, but sometimes you're just like, okay, fuck it. Um, so it's this horror movie, mm-hmm. What Lies Below, and conceptually, I didn't hate it. Like, it is. Um, to to use one of your favorite words, it's kind of Lovecraftian. <laughs> it's it's monstery horror. Yeah. Um, it's like fish man, man from the sea type horror, which is aquatic horror. Aquatic horror. Yes. There you go. Which is I, I'm down for that. That's definitely um Love in my wheelhouse. Horror. Where this movie kind of failed. It actually, for a second, when I was watching it, I thought it might have been the same movie that you talked about on one of our recent episodes where you said, like, it you really loved the setup and then it just was Oh, terrible. Come True is what I was yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, is this that movie? Because it had a very similar vibe where, like, I was, like, into it and then you had weird shit with, like... 
an older man and like some weird sexual shit with an underage girl. And where it made me really mad is because this movie, the girl in question, like she was a teenager in the film, like 16. And she easily, easily could have been like a freshman in college. Like she easily could have been of age and it would not have changed a single thing in the entire film. But in the script they made her. But they made her underage. I was like, really? Like you could have, I mean, it's still a questionable territory, but I'm just saying like you could have made her an adult. Like, and yet, and it would not have changed a single thing in the film and they didn't. And it made me... And that, that, because this is the thing with come true too, because I've been reading a lot of reviews um, about this and very few people bring it up. And that makes me like, what guys? (laughs) Um, Because this was the opposite in that one was the the actress. She's like 23, but she looks like she's 15. It's Mm -hmm. like plays in this film. And it wasn't a plot point about their relationship being a thing. It was like played off romantically in the movie. And that's what made me like go, well, you guys are like, thinking this is you're selling this as it's nice you know but it, yeah it shouldn't, um yeah which, to be fair so to be fair about this film yeah. they don't sell it as nice like they it, it's definitely made clear that it's not okay at one point and okay it, it took a little while to get there so for a while i was like hold on and then it kind of got there and it was like okay okay i still think they could have made the girl 18 and you know because in the plot line she like comes home from a summer camp and like it's her mom and her mom's new boyfriend. Right. Sure. Easily could be coming home for the summer from college. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's just, you know, you, you can, and it wouldn't have changed anything. And, but then like, I was like into the concept. I was into the tension and the weirdness and basically the last like five minutes are just insane and they it gets really like tortury out of nowhere which isn't really my vibe to begin with but also it doesn't even feel in line with the rest of the movie Mm. so it was just like it just got nuts in like the last five to ten minutes and you're just like what the fuck just happened (laughs) like sometimes um, i love that you know but (laughs) i know it's not getting super good reviews so i'm kind of like yeah i just was on letterboxd and it's not doing great but yeah so i don't know that i recommend it but also whatever like <laughs> yeah, you watched it and uh you know others can watch it too exactly exactly so i guess that was that was my my big horror moment in the past handful of days or whatever i love that you're watching you're seeking out horror movies good you know i yes uh, just to, <laughs> just i just want everyone watching horror all the I just time want, and nothing but <laughs> what a world we would live in if all of our content was just horror Honestly, it'd be better. We'd all be in therapy. <laughs> Thanks for that would be our therapy. We all walk out and go, I feel better. Wow, you're right. That could that's an interesting concept for like an alternate society though. Like where where maybe it's like utopian and we all just like live in peace because we get all of our kind of dark impulses out through the content that we watch. Yeah, interesting. That could be a concept for something. Horror fans are the nicest people they meet. It's you know, true. Chill. They're it's like, true. Nah, we- we left it all in the field. It's all in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> left it all in the court. Well, um, all. <laughs> Coach, we're good to go. Put us in. We've seen it. 
How spooky was your week? Uh, I very spooky. I think we'll have to cover the stuff I've been talking about over a few weeks because it's been a few. We 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 recorded like three episodes in like a week, and we've been going back through. So since then, I've gone through. I went on a scream marathon. Watch two. Watch three. Oh, nice. Um, I love yeah. that. Scream 2 was much more fun than I remember. Scream 3 was not as good as I remember. So um, um, that take that for what you will. I think you could just watch Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I think it's the same movie as Scream 3. Come Interesting. Yeah. They do, they do the same meta thing. I just think New Nightmare is much better. But what else? I went on a... I've been still going through it because I can't find four streaming. But I've been going through all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies because there are many. I didn't realize there were this many. Kind of like the, the the Leprechaun movies. There's a lot of them. <laughs> um, eight of them. Watch. Yeah, all. I think I've only ever seen like one of them. Honestly, TCM. I saw the first one's art. It's amazing. Uh, I watched the second one. The second one's bonkers. Um, <laughs> and I had the thought while watching it, and I texted a friend because I know Rob Zombie always says that for his movies that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is his favorite is like his biggest inspiration. I do love Rob Zombie. He, he thinks the first one is his biggest inspiration. And I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and I'm like, no, dude, this is, this is your, like, this is basically your house of a No, this corpses. is your Just, inspiration, This is your sir. inspiration. Like, I'm looking at your movies and I'm telling you the sequel is the one you've, <laughs> because this movie is exactly like House of a Thousand Corpses. And then I watched 3. 3 was strange, but had a young Viggo Mortensen. As part of the the family, and I can't find four, which stars a young Matthew McConaughey. <gasps> um, I love Matthew McConaughey and a Rose- does- Renee who- Zellweger too. Like, so oh I really my god, to- is it a rom com? What is this? <laughs> you know, it's called Texas Chainsaw: The Next Generation, and it's the fourth one. And it was the fourth one before they did the reboot in two thousand what three? You know, with the Michael Bay produced one. Yeah. And then uh, I the- need to see that. I need Matthew McConaughey, te- Texas Chainsaw not Massacre in anywhere. my life. I'm looking for it. So I feel like I have to like, I'm going to have to rent it, but I think it'll be worth renting. Yeah. Like I'm so intrigued by that. I, I need to see that. I can't wait. Can't wait. You know, so I got that one and then I got, you know, the remake then the remake, the beginning and then Texas Chainsaw. And then I'll be ready to go, ready to go for the new one coming out when, next year. There's a, there's a reboot reboot coming in. That's like a, which is your favorite. It's a legacy sequel. It's a sequel to the first one that skips everything else. But um, I think great. <laughs> great. <laughs> and I got more stuff I could, ch- I mean, uh, I guess real quick, I've been reading the Hannibal Lecter books. So I finished Silence of the oh, Lambs. Nice. Great book. Jesus. Fucking, it's like uh, the movie is such a, loyal adaptation i didn't realize it's like shot for shot it's really good and now i'm reading a book called the remaking came out uh two years ago i think very in line with our topic of today like witch trial sort of thing um devil scare Um, devil scare i like scare yeah it's all about like this these this witch and her daughter devil spooky devil like an (laughs) urban legend like this witch and her daughter that were burned in the woods and then like this you know, flash forward the present day where a, a young filmmaker is making a movie based off of it and it's happening again. That like I guess there might be, I think it's hinting at some reincarnation stuff. Or, Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm like 40 pages in, so I could be wrong, but it's so far pretty good. And so that's yeah, that's quickly what I've been up to. Some spooky stuff. Very nice. Very nice. That was good. You you just wrapped it all wrapped up it real up. quick. That a was a lot good. of spooky movies, some spooky <laughs> books. Having a spooky good time over here in April. 
Love it. Spooky good time. All right. Let's do a quick shout out to our lovely, lovely supporters. Yes, yes, yes. Because we love you and we appreciate you. And we're so glad that you're here. Also, we hit uh, 10,000 downloads today, which was just a fun fun little moment. And two and two. 10,002. 10K, baby. 10K, love to see it. Thank you for listening, everyone. We really, really appreciate you. And thank you to our supporters, Julia, Jody, Erica, Erica, Wendy, Morgan, Jennifer, Jody, and Aaron. Aaron. We really appreciate y'all. If you would like to become a supporter of Happy Harvest Horror Show, head over to anchor.fm slash HHHS slash support. They make it super easy for you to just pop in your information and you can throw a couple of bucks our way every month. And that helps us make this content. And we really appreciate it. So. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for being here. And yeah, let's uh, take a quick break. And then we're going to come back. And we are going to talk. Satanic panic. Ah! Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously. And 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We've returned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We missed you. Also, if you're listening to this audio... It's also on YouTube. So, it's also a video. Yeah, you can come look at our faces. We have pretty good faces. I like our faces. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty, pretty good. good. They're not bad. So, not too spooky, but they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The, the vibe isn't the spookiest. Brian's definitely got me beat on that front. Oh, my you've, room is spooky. Yeah, you've got the spooky look, and mine, mine isn't the spookiest, but that's okay. Okay, so today we are talking about a topic that is vast and (laughs) complex and timely as hell unfortunately yeah Yeah. (laughs) super unfortunately super unfortunately so let's kind of start (laughs) let's start with like a fun way let's start with a fun way into this conversation we got a fun plate of satanic panic would you have some (laughs) i know you would have a fun way to like bring us in if you if you've been paying attention to to what's hot in the culture right now. Pretty hard to have missed Lil Nas X and Montero Call Me By Your Name. Oh, what a bop, dude. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. It's so good. It's so good. The video is so brilliant. The whole thing's so brilliant. Like, personally, 100% stan Lil Nas X and everything he's done with his life in recent weeks. (laughs) Happy Harvest Horror Show approved. Um, 100%. Video, song, shoes, Twitter presence. Love it all. All of it. it all. All of it's been immaculate. Like, I... I'm just also just so impressed with how he has dealt with everything, how he handles the internet. He is just a force in this world. He's a magic, magic being. And um, 
I am grateful to have been Thank you. <laughs> blessed by his creation. So uh, Lil Nas X came out with Montero Call Me By Your Name. It's amazing. And the video features it's Satan imagery, uh, particularly the, the big moment uh, Lil Nas X rides a stripper pole down to hell. Amazing. amazing. <laughs> and, and he gives Satan a lap dance, which is also hot as fuck. Amen. And then and then he and then he snaps Satan's neck and he like takes the horns of Satan and becomes the king of hell. So just I mean everything. As is tradition, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he just checks all the boxes. <laughs> Got it. And uh though the world has kind of been a storm about it. They um, reacted to it. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, people reacted. People had thoughts say. about it. Uh, a lot of great thoughts. I mean, just like every tweet he has about it is like millions of likes, you know, like mm-hmm. he's huge, huge. And his, what he does with it, this attention is so good. He, he designed these Nike devil shoes, um, Satan shoes, which look great. You know, I wouldn't wear them, but like, hell yeah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're good. and they're like, they like vials of blood that are. Yes, you know? That is the most metal Amazing. fit. I Nike love that had so to much. come out and say, no, it's not our shoes. You know, like many, many Christians hate this. They hated mm-hmm. these shoes that they're happening. And so then he released another pair of shoes just to appease them and their Chick-fil-A <laughs> shoes. <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he very much, even though I know all of this attention and stuff is, it must be unbelievable to deal with. And he has also had a, a difficult time with it to some degree. He's handled it better than any than anyone I could ever imagine. You know, like he's just mm-hmm. handled it so well. And he really knows how to just kind of troll people back. And, That's great. Um, and That's great. just fantastic. Like one of the tweets I saw that was like my favorite right after it came out, like literally like hours after it came out, um, he tweeted and it was like, I better get some Illuminati conspiracy theory videos out of this. I worked so hard. I worked so hard. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to pick this apart. (laughs) And I love it too, because like I've actually been following Lil Nas X for a while. Like I follow him on TikTok and, and he's that that's always been his vibe before this music video he's just very he kind of just faces that hate and conspiracy theory stuff head on and i've seen stuff on his tiktok uh, before any of this where people were trying to make connections with him in the illuminati and he yeah and the way he handles it is just amazing and like so i know that that helped inspire what he went on to create right sure Um, yeah like he he basically took all these conspiracy minded attacks and Mm -hmm. was like oh okay like well we're gonna have some fun (laughs) um and then also the i think that you know the bigger message which is so so important is it's a beautiful this video is a beautiful expression of him kind of expressing as a gay man like Mm -hmm. what uh a lot of you know uh, less progressive uh, fundamentalist Christians have told him his whole life, which is that he's going to hell. So he basically was like, all right, fuck y'all. I'm going. And then you're mad at him. Like we're going. <laughs> yeah. He did what you told him to do. You know, 
Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's, there's so much surrounding this video. There's so much that's so powerful about it. So, so many people have been excited about it and I think really empowered by it, which is just beautiful and wonderful. And I love it. But yeah, a lot of people angry and a lot of people I think are using it to dig deeper into some complicated beliefs they may have about Satan's role in our day-to-day lives <laughs> or the uh, the our soul of a nation you know yeah, as a yeah, nation yeah, the which soul, is in jeopardy yes our collective soul our individual souls a lot Waiting of people to get it. have taken this to mean something and this also staying in the contemporary lens is very 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 much connected to QAnon what's that <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, I actually know a lot about QAnon at this at this point. I've spent a lot of time digging into this. Um, I, I've watched the whole HBO documentary at this point, which is great. A lot of people have criticized it because they feel like the documentarian was like gamifying this very, very harmful conspiracy theory, which I will mm-hmm. be completely like QAnon is incredibly harmful. It's it's. Uh, not good. It is bad. It's very bad. It is incredibly harmful and it is rooted in layers and layers of hate. Um, And and I also will state a lot of people don't know that. Uh, Like there are there are lots of people caught up in QAnon that do not know the layers of hate that it's rooted in. And that's why it gets so complicated. I think it's about asking questions, you know, getting to the root, asking, you know, like what's, what do they not want you to know? Yeah. Um, Red pill. Red pill. (laughs) Fucking. uh. Um, (laughs) But brought in the matrix metaphors. I was like, guys, the matrix metaphors are are insane to me because it's like they don't realize that the matrix was literally written about like the transgender experience like literally like that's the metaphor of the matrix (laughs) yeah that's a side topic but that's going to be really fascinating to hear you know like 20 30 years film studies classes are going to look at that movie as like a yeah so anyways we're not going to go too deep down into QAnon, but it is very much connected to the subject of satanic panic. So I want to try and connect to these things um, in a clear way for those of you who maybe don't know that much about it. Because even just like I was watching some videos about QAnon the other day and my mom walked in and she overheard and they were talking about like satanic blood drinking cabal. And my mom was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, it's QAnon. And she was like, taken aback and I was like you don't know about QAnon she's like no I do but like she had no idea that that's what it actually was so I think a lot of people have heard about QAnon I think and and they're just like oh this is like this weird alt-right Trump thing which it is this is what I thought it was before but they don't actually know what this group of people believes which is is such a valuable part of the story (laughs) I mean at this point if statistically it is possible that there is someone listening to this podcast who is involved in QAnon, the likelihood I don't think is super strong, but it is possible. But the likelihood that someone listening to this podcast knows someone involved in QAnon is like 100%. Pretty high. It's like, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like 100%. So like, 
even if it all seems weird to you, I promise you're probably connected to someone that is in, like entrenched in this in some way. And that's scary. Um, and that's complicated. And so it is important that we actually understand what this is and that we're not just dismissing it as like whack jobs, you know, like, because that's happening a lot too. People are just dismissing it. Sure. And it's like, no, you, you should take the t- time to understand this because it's actually a pretty big thing. But anyways, before we get away from that, I watched the HBO documentary. I think it's very well done. It got a lot of criticism because some people who know a lot about QAnon wanted more about what we actually do about the people who are in QAnon. And that's fair, but I think that needs to be a new documentary. I think that's like, because this documentary, the goal from the very beginning, from when he started out was to find who Q is. And Q is the person that has been dropping all of these very cryptic messages on 8chan and later 8kun. And then people started latching on to these messages and pulling their own messages from Connecting their own dots, making their own conclusions, running very far with it. Yes, but Q was always anonymous. No one knew who Q was. So the point of the HBO documentary from... Right out the gate, which it starts years ago, like the footage starts from years ago, right out the gate, he wanted to find who the person behind Q was. And I think he did that. I 100% think he did that. The unfortunate thing is at this point, so many people are so entrenched in it that that it's just not enough for them. Like, it's just not enough for them. So we do need another documentary that's like, okay, how do we handle this moving forward? That needs to be the next step for sure. Um, But yeah, so if you're interested in QAnon, there is, you can watch the HBO documentary. There's also a lot of good, like Vice has done some really good stuff. Oh, one of my favorite TikTok accounts did a huge series on QAnon and it's at T-O-F-O-L-O-G-Y. And she does a lot of really good TikToks on conspiracy theories. And she does like a a huge series on QAnon where she kind of just breaks down elements of it. So like people can actually understand both what it is and also the really problematic historical things that it's rooted in. So check that out for sure. But I say all of this and bring all of this up because QAnon is 10,000% the current day version of satanic panic Mm -hmm. Um, and it's connected to satanic panic as in satanic panic is the term that is typically used specifically for the mass hysteria that occurred in the 1980s that being said there have been several cultural mass hysterias over time like salem witch hunts like just so many so many inquisition yes the yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that really fun time. <laughs> exactly. What a riot, um, right? So these like religious mass hysterias, there's so many of them. However, satanic panic is typically the term used for what occurred in the 1980s. Yeah. So that is what we are focusing on in this episode because it is like the most recent that we experienced. It was also very like American. It was very America focused. Very, very tied to the American nuclear family fear, you know, of yeah. like, it's Just at am- risk. American ethos, American politics, all of that. And QAnon is is a new version. It's definitely new, but so many 
so many intersections with satanic panic. So we're gonna we're gonna dive in to I'm take a walk down thirty year <laughs> what forty years ago? Something like that. 30, 40, yeah. Remember how um, crazy shit got. For real. Also, we're not going to go deep into what Satanism at large is because the satanic panic was based on hysteria and is not nothing to do with not based on what actual practitioners of Satanism believe. Neither of us identify as Satanists, but uh, Satanism is not I'll just say Satanism is not built on violence. It is not built on a lot of these things that people think it's built on. (laughs) Satanic panic is built on a hysteria of what people think Satanism is, which has never really (laughs) ever (laughs) matched up to what it actually was. Exactly. Exactly. So let's get into the satanic panic of the 1980s. So it's good. It's good to start off with just kind of setting the stage a bit, right? Because in the 19... Set the scene, okay? We got a lot of things that converged all at once, right? We had uh, no small amount we've talked about in this sh- in the show, but there's a little movie called The Exorcist that came out in the 70s that was a huge hit. I watched a whole video today of old news footage of the opening weeks of the, sh- the movie. Lines down the street, people fainting in the audience, you know, news reporters talking, you know, to patrons that came out crying or throwing up, you know, like it was a huge, like, what's yeah. happening in this movie? Um, <laughs> what what is, the and fuck? why do people want to go to it, you know? Um, For but real. <laughs> it was a huge hit, huge hit. And it was followed up, you know, three years later with The Omen, which was another Catholic nightmare, uh, you know, that like also depicted a young boy or young child uh, in coats with the devil, Um, whereas Regan and the Exorcist was possessed by a demon. Damien and The Omen was the Antichrist, you know, but these are two instances of demonic activity using children also i feel like uh i, I just thought of this but we gotta give shout out to rosemary's baby too oh totally yeah, yeah. that which preceded that even too another mm-hmm. d- dealing with babies um babies and the devil and yeah <laughs> babies uh you know what was his and that you know it was it was his baby <laughs> we don't remember that you know i mean not great how the pregnancy happened we can talk about that like Satan, but Satan, you need to, you need to step back, <laughs> step back. But as far as a paternal figure, it hits, it was him. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's also worth mentioning when we get into talking about this craze in the eighties, that before the 1970s, child abuse and child, you know, sexual abuse allegations were never publicly taken seriously, Mm -hmm. at least not to the degree of when we got into the 80s in a very conservative era that they started. The Department of Justice really revamped the laws around reporting it. There was a huge push on child pornography that they made a big push to eliminate. All great things. All great things. Thumbs up. This was all happening at the same time as a case that came about that kind of started with this book, which was called Michelle Remembers. Do you know about that? Do when you're doing research, did you find stuff about this? Oh yeah, I've I've listened to a lot about it. I I've I mean, part of me is like I need to read this book, but I feel like I've heard pretty much everything I need to hear. Also, if after this podcast you just want like all the gritty details, there is a great podcast called Colts that did a five 
part series on the satanic panic of the 1980s and there is an episode where they go into great detail about michelle remembers and so many other elements so um if after listening to this episode you're like i need more information i i want to know how all these things played out head to that podcast it is uh very well done very well produced super informative even further reading uh, i got a lot of this today because just just in time uh, New York Times did a whole article about this on the 21st. Uh, oh, this, really? This year. Yeah. Called It's Time to Revisit the Satanic Panic. And I'm like, it sure is. <laughs> sure is. It's a great time because it's happening. It's like the perfect time because perfect time it's to happening. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that this article from the Times, I thought was a really great primer of just kind of it, it really concisely goes through a lot of these big points that we're going to cover today. But this book, Michelle Remembers, it was published in 1980, and it introduced readers to a cast of murderous Canadian Satanists. It landed on a powder keg of American anxieties. I'm quoting the Times right now, by the way. And what it was, was uh, a book about a Canadian psychologist and his former patient. And it was written autobiographical. And it was about her memories of a child abuse at the hands of Satanist when she was younger. And although its lurid claims were quickly, quickly challenged, it doesn't matter. The book was a bestseller. Everyone was reading this book about horrible memories that she suddenly remembered as a And that's such an important thing to keep in mind around anything is that when you have mass amounts of people that believe something is true, it's really hard to come back from that. It's out of the bag. It's yeah, it's really Definitely. hard. Like at that point, the collective notion, the connect- collective knowledge is that this happened, that this is true. And it is so hard to break free of something like that. Right. So the stage is set. We're <laughs> cracking down on child abuse. Great. Great. Um, big fans. <laughs> big fans. The uh, we are, it's in the, the mainstream you know, zeitgeist of fear the devil. And this book came out huge bestseller. Wow. Talk about a, yeah, just a, a one, two, three punch, one, two, three punch, (laughs) which all landed over uh, seven years in this McMartin preschool trial, um, which was a mess. Yes. So the McMartin preschool trial is a huge mess. Before we dive into that, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the uh, the more playful aspects of everything that went down because I I think there's nothing playful about what we're about to talk about. Yeah, because it gets real dark. So we're yeah. going to start with like the elements that are things that honestly you've probably heard of or like. Yeah, let's get these out of the way. Yeah. With your consciousness in some way. And then we're going to shift into when it gets like not good. Thank you for setting the scene, Brian. I think yeah. that like kind of really shows how how several different factors that are seemingly disconnected can really uh, create an entire movement in a lot of ways. There was a very common element of satanic panic, which was the idea that uh, family-friendly corporations were actually in service of Satan. Oh, yeah. Um, And this, I mean, instantly I was like, Pizzagate, anyone? Like, so we're seeing it again with QAnon, like, 
we're going after family friendly corporations, which, you know, there's also plenty of reasons to go after corporations, but this isn't one of them. But there were these rumors in the late 70s, early 80s that 20 to 50 percent of McDonald's profits were going to just Satanism, like at large. Jesus, what a (laughs) cut of the pie, you know, like McDonald's, like one of the biggest corporations in American history. 20 to 50% of their money was just going to, to Satanism as like and the IRS very... was like, yeah, Satanism. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's they a... reported it. Can't do a thing about it. <laughs> that's tax deductible. That's tax deductible. <laughs> um, and, and it all started as a rumor and it basically just um, always does. It started as, as this, this very, this rumor that was not based in reality that was then disseminated among um, several church pamphlets and then it just it just got bigger and bigger you gotta love those church pamphlets still to this day there is no proof that mcdonald's has ever given a dime to satanism i mean i don't think mcdonald's gives a shit about satanism i i think they're just making their money on burgers and calling it good and then another one procter and gamble um which is like a big you know like house like uh, daily needs, like soaps and things like that company. Um, The 13 stars and their logo were supposedly the mark of the devil, which this is important because you will see a lot of thinking like this in cult-like hysteria conspiracy theories. Saw in episode one of the QAnon thing. 100%. It's huge in QAnon. Um, QAnon is pretty much an endless game in meaning making that has um, quite literally been built on very, very cryptic messages. And the more mysterious and cryptic a message, the easier it is to create a meaning that serves your belief. And then you can say I was right. Exactly. And this is Procter & Gamble. There's 13 stars in their logo, which um, I don't think had any meaning. I think they just wanted stars in their logo because it's like a night sky with, I think, like a moon or something. But for whatever reason, that belief took hold with people that that was the mark of the devil. So they believed that that company was involved. Children's programming was attacked as promoting the message of the devil. So the show Thundercats Love it. was attacked for, quote, promoting Eastern mysticism, which straight out Eastern mysticism has nothing to do with the devil. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to stay consistent. If you're gonna... <laughs> but but that's, this also goes back to when you have that worldview and and this is definitely not how I feel about all people like. This is not how I feel about Christianity at large, because I know people who are Christians who have an incredibly open mind and are more just like Jesus Christ was a cool guy, you know, Um, which is like, cool, like, sure. But there is a lot of fundamentalist Christianity that cannot be okay with belief systems outside of what they believe. And this is kind of an example of that, right? So they're trying to find Satan, the devil, and everything. So if you have something that represents Eastern mysticism, well, that's, that's uh different. That's a different cultural belief. So that's also the devil, right? That is the other. And I hate it. Exactly. And that's such a huge thing with all of this too. In my other podcast in art history, babes, we've done a whole episode on the devil, which we will also I'm sure do over here, but yeah, we, we, we did an episode on the devil and we go pretty far into how 
the devil throughout all of history, Satan um, has been used as or typically represents the other represents people that exist outside the norm. Right. Which going back to being this episode, little Nas X, right. Like he's making a statement about his experience as being gay and how people have treated him because of that. And he uses the devil symbolism and imagery Mm -hmm. to help represent that experience, which is something you see throughout art history. You see it, you know, the, the devil often represents the other, the devil often represents, doesn't represent evil. Honestly, the devil often represents people that have been for some reason tossed aside by society. And Mm -hmm. That's such an important thing to remember because I feel like this is a, yeah, uh, Thundercats is promoting Eastern mysticism, not even the devil, but Eastern mysticism doesn't fall in line with that super fundamentalist Christian view. Therefore, it is part of this grand Satanist thing that's going on. Satan's busy. He's got a lot of departments. (laughs) Okay, he's got a lot of pull and many different theologies, you know, like, yeah, um, this one is hilarious. And I only just learned today. Apparently, some people uh, believed that the Smurfs mm-hmm. were um, part of this grand conspiracy because they were believed to represent the undead because they were blue. Oh, because they can't be they're, they're dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They were blue in color, which means they are not living, which means they are the undead, which means they are soldiers of Satan. (laughs) (laughs) I love to see like a, just an army of Smurfs that doing the devil's bidding, you know, count me in dude. Like that sounds great. (laughs) That's gremlins. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) That's gremlins is what that is. Another big one. Dungeons and Dragons. A lot of people feel some type of way about Dungeons and Dragons. And I've I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. I've tried a few different times. I, I just, we, I, we, you know, scheduling is tough. That's all I got to say about that. I never it got too far. It fascinating. Like, yeah. and people get so into it. And I'm like, yeah, this is a thing. It. Like, it seems very interesting. I've never played, but like, I'd totally be down sometime. Anyways, in the 80s, not only was Dungeons and Dragons huge, but it was very easy to kind of manipulate the uh, mystical imagery to mm-hmm. feed the satanic panic. I don't it even feel like that needs corrupting to be. our children's minds exactly. to serve the devil. Anything other, anything mysterious, mystical that doesn't fall in line with that fundamentalist Christian ideology, it is Satan. Yeah. Um, and they also got it in music. The big thing in music, huge in music. So this I got really excited about because there was this whole thing with playing music backwards mm-hmm. and it's actually called backmasking, what is the technical name for it. But there was this huge thing with like rock music, like playing it backwards. It was like giving you messages from the devil. And I fucking tried this shit when I was in middle school Played and I was in middle school in like 2000. So like, <laughs> like this is long after this went down, but I totally listen to Led Zeppelin backwards. And it sounds creepy as hell. But it's just because it's music played backwards. Anything backwards backwards sounds creepy as hell. You know? (laughs) 
Like it's, Taylor Swift backwards sounds probably sounds terrifying. Like, <laughs> and it does. It sounds super creepy, but you're not actually getting messages there. And if you are, you're pulling them out, which you can do. Like that's a trick of perception, right? Like you can kind of pull a message out of anything. Right. Um, but there is not an actual message implanted in them. But this got crazy too because so uh, led zeppelin was one of the big ones like you got to listen to led zeppelin backwards um judas priest was a huge one so much so that at one point uh a young a younger gentleman and and his friend i don't remember exactly how old they they were i think they were like teenagers and obviously had stuff going on mental health issues and they made a suicide pact and one of them succeeded. Mm. And that's super tragic and awful. And the family, obviously, in mourning, grieving, super tragic and awful. But they blamed the music of Judas Priest for causing this because it was kind of wrapped up in this, like, bigger cultural ideology. So much so that they tried to sue the band Judas Priest for like millions of dollars. It did not work. Um, I don't imagine it did. Yeah, and and it shouldn't. You know, that's not on Judas Priest. It's mm-hmm. awful, but it's not on um, a, a band who also did not put subliminal messaging in their music. You can just find weird shit if you're looking for weird shit. Like if that, yeah. like that's my like one. I always come back to that in life. Like if you're looking for weird shit, you can always find weird shit. Like it's always there if you're looking for it because it's all mm-hmm. about perception. And so you know, this is all. It's an awful situation. It's awful that that those boys felt that that was the path they needed to go down. And like, but it. it it wasn't the band's fault. It wasn't because there was subliminal messaging in this music, but that just fueled the fire of, right? Mm -hmm. Like there is, there's evil messages in this evil rock music, which that took off. um, Totally. All of evil rock music's fucking rad. You know, (laughs) it's so good. And they just can't take it. That's they can't it handle it. They can't handle how good it is. <laughs> and as a funny reversal, it started off as rock was the devil. You know, they hate Elvis Presley and his hips. They hate Judas Priest and <laughs> and fucking Zeppelin and Kiss. And it's all fucking Ozzy Osbourne. But then you fast forward like 30 years and suddenly we got rock and roll mass. Right. And it's great. <laughs> and and just like uh, we, we knew you were going to do it. You fucking... <laughs> You do this every time. We got fucking thousands of years of proof and you just did it again and they can't keep getting away with it. Just you, do this every time. you do this every fucking time. Fucking rock and roll mass. Uh. We just missed Easter, which was uh, last week, right? Yeah. We were um, went over to Wells' parents' house and we drove by a rock and roll kind of mass church. Great. And they had a big... Uh, sign over there, you know, service thing that's just said death defeated. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like, a, we got them, you know, rock and it's roll. Easter. <laughs> <laughs> we got them. <laughs> and I've just been laughing about it for a week. I love uh, it. Jesus. Um, literally. Uh, <laughs> literally. Okay. But so, I mean, these are, these are the elements I think you hear 
related to satanic panic a lot, you know, listening to rock and roll music backwards, um, all these kind of just weird little elements of culture that people would overanalyze and connect to the devil. However, it's all fun and games until human beings literally go to jail for this bullshit. Yep. And then we're and it's and we don't talk about it enough. It makes me mad. It literally like makes my blood boil that we don't talk about this shit enough. People's lives have been torn apart from bullshit like this. Mm-hmm. And we we just uh ignore it. So we're gonna get into that a little bit more. We're gonna get into how many people, many innocent people were caught in the fray of satanic panic and ended up in prisons for years and years of their lives. Yep. Because it's fucked up. It's fucked up. Mick Martin preschool trial. Let's start. So I hope this even further painted the backdrop of what we were going through in the (laughs) eighties. We're scared of it everywhere, you know? So it didn't seem too freaky. Uh, I mean, it was very freaky, but it didn't seem too far fetched, unfortunately to too many people. That when in 1983, a woman by the name of Judy Johnson, mother of one of the Manhattan Beach, California preschools, young students, reported to the police that her son had been sodomized by her estranged husband and by McMartin teacher Ray Bucky. In addition, she also made several more accusations, including that people at the daycare had sexual encounters with animals, that Ray flew in the air. A lot of things were happening. Like satanic ritual abuse is the term that was coined around a lot of the cases that came out from this. Another term that's interesting that I just kind of discovered is like ritualized crime. I'm like, that is an interesting term. Like there's a lot to break down there. (laughs) So that accusation happens. Ray Bucky is arrested. You know, it's uh, uh, things are happening. I couldn't believe this when I read that. This is this part is where things get like sped up quick. The cops, uh, the police, in response to this accusation, sent out a form letter to about 200 parents of, of students at the McMartin School, stating that their children might have been abused and asking the parents to ask their children Uh, to question the children about this. And I mean, I'm quoting from the actual letter that was said, records indicate that your child has been or is currently a student at the preschool. We are asking your assistance in the continuing investigation. Please question your child to see if he or she has been witness to any crime or if he or she has been the victim. Our investigations indicate that possible criminal acts include oral sex, fondling of genitals, buttock or chest area, sodomy, possibly committed under the pretense of taking the child's temperature. And it goes on to just list all these other horrible situations that your child might've been a part of at this school. (laughs) I can't believe that this was to 200. And then it has the gall at the end of it to say, we ask you, please keep this investigation strictly confidential because of the nature of the charges and this highly emotional effect it may have on our community. Like, yeah, no shit. So maybe you shouldn't just email blasted out to 200 parents you know this like really sped it up pretty quick yeah Um, yeah and to be fair like imagine being a parent in that and getting that letter and being filled with all of those that imagery and those ideas yeah absolutely horrifying yeah so i don't blame parents for being 
terrified. Freaking out. Yeah. I would freak yeah, out. I, I would be too. <laughs> like, I, there are ways to handle this case. And uh, it went the wrong way every step of the way. Uh, <laughs> including this one. This was a big like holdup. Before we even get into the trial, we'll, we'll talk about what came of it. The woman, Judy Johnson, who made the accusation was diagnosed and hospitalized for acute paranoid schizophrenia. And in 1986, three years after the accusation and years before the trial ended, she was found dead at her home for complications of chronic alcoholism. So this is... This she was kind of having a rough go of things. Rough go of things. Oh, the prosecution asserted that Johnson's mental illness was caused by the events of the trial. Johnson had admitted to them that she was mentally ill beforehand. Evidence of Johnson's mental illness were withheld from the defense for three years and when provided was in the form of sanitized reports that excluded Johnson's statements at the order of the prosecution. So again, not great. You held back for three years that this was made by a paranoid schizophrenic, you know, that this is, again, it's not going great, but this was all because there's this like a perfect storm that was happening, right? We had the district attorney at the case was losing an election that year. Big court case was probably going to boost his numbers. You had, um, you know, the prosecution holding withholding evidence. You had the uh, numerous media newspapers covering it that were painting the picture basically to sell papers i mean this is sensationalized mm-hmm. this is huge oh yeah um, there were many conflict of interest later on that we found out about this the the accusations themselves that were taken seriously were and that the media did not like really rebuke until years after the case was and by the way this case lasted seven years it's the longest case in u.s criminal justice history uh and it ended with no convictions no no one was found guilty of anything, but Ray Bucky was in prison, was in jail for five years because of it. Some of the accusations were described as bizarre. I would agree. There were overlapping accusations of satanic ritual abuse. It was alleged that in addition to having been sexually abused, they saw witches fly. They traveled in a hot air balloon and were taken through tunnels. Tunnels. This is a, this is a big one because they, they, cite this a lot that under the preschool they were taken through these like spooky tunnels perform these rituals they saw animals killed all that there's no tunnels <laughs> under it there was like foundation from a previous form of the building they went through garbage and and found that there was nothing that was dated past like 1940 that was in there so no one was down there um, but this whole building mcmartin preschool has been leveled since then. They have like fully probably probably good to clear that energy. No, I agree. But I mean, like this trial, they didn't just like search it. They like fucking to the underneath the foundations were looking for Mm -hmm. evidence of this happening. Again, longest case, this was feeding into it. The author of Michelle Remembers, uh, written by Michelle Smith. She was credited as being a, a pivotal part in the investigations and the interviews of the children. Yeah, she was considered like she was like approached as like an expert on the the whole thing. And where all of that gets just really super complicated is obviously like Michelle remembers is based on the psychological concept of repression of memories and bringing past repressed memories. That is not. Uh, an okay practice um it is it's it's harmful and it also is not in any way reliable 
but it was something we did for many years. We uh, like, especially in child abuse cases, it was a practice to try and bring up memories that people had. And the human brain and human memory is a fickle thing. And it, it is not reliable in that sense. And it's super dangerous to dive into in a clinical therapeutic setting. So it's not something that is considered an okay thing to practice anymore. And that's kind of what this whole case was built on, right? Right, exactly. But that was not the case then. Because mm-hmm. at that point, the book was a huge success. And yeah. And everyone loved it. They're like, press memories. It. Let's talk about them. Yeah. How much did they love it? I'll tell you how much they loved it. On the basis <laughs> of the book's success, Pastor developed a high media profile, gave lectures and training on satanic ritual abuse to law enforcement, and by September of 1990, had acted as a consultant on more than 1,000 satanic ritual abuse cases, including this the is- McMartin preschool trial. This is what makes like me furious inside is you just have all of these people in positions of power mm-hmm. creating a reality and creating a narrative and training people because they're experts and all of it's bullshit. <laughs> like it's all bullshit. Yes. The writer, I'm sorry, the writer of Michelle remembers. Yeah. The writer of Michelle remembers like it's bullshit. Like, and yet, yeah, we had people in positions of power, police enforcement, yeah. Church authorities, whatever that were speaking from a place of, expertise that it was all real so you can't blame people for believing them you know yeah you're you're someone in authority exactly and who else would i go to yeah exactly and that also i mean just connects to how authority is a scam with the mcmartin preschool case it was very much built on all these testimonials of these hundreds of children who were brought in after that that uh, wonderful letter that their parents received. And the thing was, it's been, it's been since proven that a lot of the techniques used to interview those children were highly inappropriate and were coercive. They are not techniques that would stand up in a court of law now. And many children who were interviewed who are now adults have admitted, like I I made that up. I lied. I was a kid. I was just telling them what they wanted to hear. Yeah. There's a few different ones I saw that were like, quote, they were basically quoted saying that, like, yeah, if I didn't give them an answer that they wanted, they would ask me again. That's what they did. Yeah, it's it's textbook coercive interrogation. And and you can't do that with anyone, but you really can't do that with children. Children don't just don't want to be in that situation. And so they're just trying to tell you what you want to hear. Like, they're just trying to, like be comfortable and make you happy because you're the adult. It's like, you're not going to get any reasonable information out of a child in a situation like that. So yeah, just all around bad technique, bad information. And it led to, as you said, it led to Ray Bucky being in present prison for five years. That's a human being being imprisoned innocently for five years. And it also, uh, because this is a very serious you know, topic that we're talking about. Oh, with child totally. abuse. This is this is crazy serious. And like I said at the beginning, that the beginning of the eighties, there was a newfound focus on this Department of Justice. Um, however, 
this like super fascination and like obsession with satanic ritual abuse probably obscured and did obscure real child abuse issues because yes, satanic uh. ritual <laughs> abuse was now at the top of the, this is the pinnacle. This is what you report and everything else is, you know, there is a hierarchy to what's bad. And so this is really <laughs> fuck things up. There is a quote I got from Wikipedia that said in England, the satanic ritual abuse panic diverted resources and attention from proven abuse cases. This resulted in a hierarchy of abuse in which SRA, satanic ritual abuse, was the most serious form. Physical and sexual abuse being minimized and or marginalized and mere physical abuse no longer worthy of intervention. So so this is if nothing else, I hope anyone listening takes this away from this episode. Because this is exactly what's going on with QAnon. People are using all of their energy and are wrapped up in it because they believe that they are saving children and helping children and helping children that are victims of sex trafficking. And sex trafficking is a very real thing and is a very real problem. Yep. And it is a very real problem that involves children at times. And it's a horrific, awful thing. And we should do everything we can to bring it to an end. But what has happened with QAnon, like there were times this summer where actual resources surrounding sex trafficking were being inundated with QAnon bullshit that all of their energy and resources were going to like trying to like manage that. And so they couldn't actually do the work that they're supposed to do. And that's the hardest thing is like, yeah, if you care about sex trafficking or child trafficking, that's a that's amazing. Like, yes, care about that. We should all care about that. We should do shit about it. QAnon's not the way, though. Like, you you should actually get involved in in real programs, organizations, yeah, and programs that are doing this work. Push, exactly. You know, and poly- yep. And 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 it has. From from social media to the internet, it has just diverted so much energy and so much attention from a real issue that deserves attention and deserves energy. And that is why it's so fucking sad. And that's exactly what happened with Satanic Panic. It's the yeah. exact same thing. It's history repeating itself. It's the exact yeah. same thing. It's like child abuse is real. Yes, we're not pretending it's not, but it's just, it's not part of this big overarching weird satanic cult. Like that, that's not it. It's just fucked up humans doing fucked up shit. And yep. like, that is what we need to focus on. And we need to like fix that. And we need to save those children, yep. not the made up children that you have created in your head that are victims of satanic ritual abuse or subjecting these children to all this is probably a lifelong trauma that they had to test you know totally some of them have spoken about that yeah you've created trauma for them you've done it now you're the you're the you're doing child abuse (laughs) you did it (laughs) it. yeah no some of the adults that were part of this as children have spoken about that have spoken about how it created trauma for them and it's like yeah of course it did like of course it did I mean, that's another thing too, that like, just like with the SR satanic ritual abuse, when, when criticism finally did come and the media was very skeptical about it. Another sad thing about it is suddenly now social workers that were, you know, their whole 
credibility was also lost as a profession for, yes. you know, that this is like, oh no, but you were the ones doing the investigated and all that. Like, no, we were. Okay. It's a mess, man. It's yes. like, it affected a lot of people in a lot of ways. In addition to the, I don't know too much about this case, but um, in addition to the McMartin preschool trial, there's also another separate case was a separate case in Texas. Dan and Fran Keller, who I believe owned like a daycare center, um, also served 22 years in prison as the result of accusations of serving blood to kids in a daycare and just other terrible acts of ritual abuse. They were later exonerated for it. 22 years. It's a quarter of your life. 22 years. Like, and and so all of this, all of the playing Led Zeppelin backwards and Dungeons and Dragons and uh, McDonald's, like it had real effects on people's lives. Yep. And it's so important to remember that and think about that now because we're dealing with something similar now. Another huge, huge case. This is actually the one I probably know the most about. West Mem- Memphis 3, man. The West mm-hmm. Memphis 3. So this one is fascinating. It is. There's so much on it. There really is like so much you can dive Including into. a three-part documentary called Paradise Lost from the director of Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Dude, when you told me that, like, I'm not going to lie, like, lost my fucking mind. Like, (laughs) I love that so much because if you listen to our Blair Witch episode, I, like, lose it because that director, you said, also did Cecil Cecil Hotel. Hotel. I'm in love with this director. It's becoming seven degrees of Blair Witch, too. You know, that, like, I can connect anything to Blair Witch Project. I love that this person is connected to... All of these, like I'm, I'm enthralled. I love, I love this person. I love this director. (laughs) I'm so intrigued for so many reasons. But anyways, Paradise Lost, three-part documentary, highly, highly recommend it. Very well done. And it's very well known too. It's, 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 it's up there on the list of just legit documentaries over the years and basically the tale of the west memphis three it is a gritty gory ugly tale and we're not going to get into all the details here but a, a, a trio of young men were accused of murdering a trio of young boys as a part of a cult ritual and the murder that occurred is awful it i mean that's honestly makes the documentary pretty hard to watch in my opinion is the actual murder that occurred is just fucking awful however the story got a lot even bigger from the the horrific murder because over the years a lot of people kind of got behind the fact that these boys were wrongly accused of it Mm -hmm. and the west memphis three were basically just like teen guys that were into like heavy metal music and like police loved obsessed over that fact yes they did and they were no occultist shit they were into like Aleister Crowley and stuff but like in the midst of the satanic panic being into occultist shit means oh well that you're you know you just dug your own grave basically like you you admitted to being a Satanist who kills people like that's what you did by just being interested in these things, which 
actually have nothing to do with committing violence against people. But yeah, it was it was enough. It was enough for prosecutors. It was enough for the police. It was enough for a lot of the media. These boys were into heavy metal music and had a cult interest. So they must have killed these children. They must have done it. Damien Eccles, who is one of the young men, was sentenced to death row and solitary confinement for 23 hours a day, which Jesus. is the most inhumane sentence you can give to a human right. being. That'll really mess with you. Yeah. It's also just personal belief. I don't think that is a okay sentence to give to anyone, even if they are guilty. Yeah. That is incredibly inhumane. But... That's what he was sentenced to. He was in jail from uh, 1994 to 2011. Wow. 17 years? Yeah. Wow. And a lot of it, he was in solitary confinement. He is an amazing person because he went through all all of that and was eventually set free. Um, because they never had evidence that he actually committed this. And in fact, I think there is, if you watch the documentaries, there's lots of evidence that someone else, a clear suspect actually committed it, which makes it even worse. Like it's like, there is so much more evidence for someone else having done it, but we, we kept our focus on these boys and their heavy metal music. And so he, he served a lot of time. A lot of solitary confinement. He also uh, was was just like brutally physically attacked in prison because that's what happens uh, to people who are accused of doing awful things to children. So he underwent a lot of physical trauma in prison and he's out now. He um, he lives. He actually lives in Salem, Massachusetts. Hey, he's around like you can find him on a lot of stuff. He's currently an artist and a practitioner of ceremonial magic. And he talks about how jail was like a gift because he was able and forced to dive so deep into his spiritual practice, which mm-hmm. is honestly, I think, the most beautiful view you can take coming out of a situation like that. Like I I can't imagine having that kind of strength. best case scenario. Kind yeah. Of, like yeah. I can't imagine like uh-huh. he would have every right to be so angry, you know, like, yeah. but he really just dived deep into spirituality and magic. And now you can find him a lot. There is a wonderful episode of the Duncan Trussell family hour, which is one of my favorite, favorite podcasts that he is on. And that episode is actually turned into one of the episodes for the midnight gospel, which is one of my favorite shows. It's on Netflix. You all should watch it. Midnight gospel. It's basically, so it's a, a fusion of Duncan Trussell family hour podcast meets Pendleton ward of adventure time. They came together, trippy animations made the most trippy animation, but like very out there spiritual show. I fucking love it. I'm a huge fan, but there's a great episode um, where Damien Eccles is the guest in Midnight Gospel. He's like a like a fish man <laughs> and he's like talking about like magic and spirituality, but it's such a tale and I really recommend looking deeper into it. Watch the documentary. Watch Paradise Lost. Look into Damien Eccles. There's just been a lot of public support. A lot of people truly, truly believe he is not guilty. And he, his life was 
undeniably altered by yeah. this mentality, this satanic panic, this idea that you have certain interests, you are into heavy metal music, you are into the occult, you must have committed this awful atrocity. It had to have been you. And how quick it was for just anyone to just right away believe it. You know, yeah. it's like, duh, yeah. that would happen. There's a, um, I mean, we have all these other different examples, but their talk shows, talk show television was huge at this time, which also served as just like, kind of amateur sensationalized totally. investigations i mean even any... like oprah and like i got love for oprah, oprah but like oprah Did you see this video with oprah i think i have seen it but there's this ahead. video where she has like a member of the church of satan or a satanist on and he's talking about his role and that he served in the military and the military is fine because the military was you know like you're just like just trying to and then a person from the audience says that hi i'm so-and-so i was uh, a member for your chapter in chicago and I uh, had to leave because I was part of a ritual murder where I watched someone being stabbed seven times and all this. And Oprah was like, you know, sadly, pretty credulous of like, tell us more about it. and like putting like the Satanist on trial of like, well, how do you think about this? Like, what what do you have to say about that? Like, this is a pretty big accusation. That, like, you fucking <laughs> killed somebody? From- yeah, I'm just hearing the just I got a quick question. I killed somebody. And uh <laughs> And he starts asking questions and he's like, oh, well, I, you know, I, I have suffered from amnesia about that. And I'm like, guys, wait, but we, but we're still believing the guy, you know? Like, yeah. And so yeah. it was so, a weird time, dude. <laughs> time, and so like, it, I, I, it was, it's insane watching that in a time capsule way of watching the audience and, Oprah, and like everyone, like listen to this really fucking nuts accusation. And I think everyone in the room probably knows it's nuts, but it doesn't matter because it's a vehicle to like, okay, good. Somebody totally. said it first. Now we can hate them. Yeah. Um, and it's like disappointing because like I also saw like Geraldo Rivera mentioned and shit. And I'm like, yeah. I expect that shit from him, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. He had like a bunch of priests on. He interviewed uh, Ozzy Osbourne on it. Uh, years um, later, he Ozzy. apologized for, for the whole fucking trade, but that was decades later. <laughs> you know, like... When I was, you know. love Ozzy so much. I do want to mention because I um, this is important to mention, and they go in depth in this in that um, five part cults podcast. There were cases um, in this time frame of, and they're they're few, they're few and far between. They're very isolated, but there were cases of people people fucked up people doing fucked up shit in the name of satan oh sure but they yeah. were they were rare they were quite isolated um either individual like what's his face the fucking serial killer the night soccer yeah yeah he yeah. he liked to say his shit was about satan there's a few stories of like either it was like yeah one person or maybe just like a, a small group of like fucked up friends that did some awful shit and like inexcusable and then they would attach it to that meaning to to satanism and and honestly they probably knew exactly what they were doing that's like the entire plot of scream 2 yeah 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 so it's Murder just like is like i'm just gonna blame it on movies um, yeah because, and i'm just uh, gonna i'm just this was for satan whatever but so i don't want the reason i bring that up is because i don't want to make it seem like no one has ever killed someone in the name of satan that has happened it has sure. happened and it's awful it's fucking awful like 
but it is not a part of some grand cabal. It is not a part of some grand conspiracy, apparently funded by McDonald's. It is not a part, and it is not a part of contemporary Satanists. Yeah. Like, uh, we've met Satanists. Like, they're chill people. Like, they're not, you know, it's not a space for hurting people it's 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 more of a space for exploring what it means to be outside of like the norms of religion or the norms of society but yeah so there there are cases where where that happened and it sucks uh but that is not evidence that um all of the liberal elites are drinking children's blood. Like or Hillary Clinton's eating children in a pizza shop, you know, she doesn't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> just look at it logistically. She just doesn't have the and time. I'm not like the biggest Hillary fit fan, but she's not doing that. I probably not doing that. <laughs> that's not what she's doing we can criticize her for other reasons but but not that so not yeah i mean yeah this is a, this is a, you know there's i'm sure hundreds of books about this it's a yeah, comet it, it's, some movies are made about this documentaries this is a huge thing that happens repercussions and it's slowly happening again so it feels like a pretty timely and topical time to like say like you know we're as, as a human civilization we're not great about uh learning from mistakes we're pretty good at just repeating them even though we okay have- you just you just said the most infuriating thing about being a, a historian like when i became a historian when i like went down that path i was like this is infuriating <laughs> like, people do not learn like we've got record we've got an entire internet right here it's really, you know, it's, people it's, do not learn and it's like jesus christ like how many times do we have to go through this lesson you know and and i will say um even though it is very much happening right now i do feel like the vibe around the current satanic panic is different than the 80s sure um, because like what we saw with Lil Nas X, like there's been so much popular support of him, right? So I feel like pop culture is is kind of airing like airing on the side of Satan a little bit Mainstream. more. <laughs> but I mean that was the case. Um obviously it was much more heightened in the eighties because we were in the time of Christian conservatism that's mm-hmm. that was very hot, you know, then, right? But I mean, the exorcist sold out everywhere people yeah, fucking loved true. it you know true. hair metal rock that was very popular people loved it you know mm-hmm. that like dungeons dragons this all you know i feel like it's it's now more than i think even then more than now satan and devil imagery was much more uh popular than now it's just kind of like oh yeah it's kind of a cool thing you know but like as far as mainstream imagery that's what i would make the i argument. think I agree. I don't disagree. I I think, though, at the time, it was more of a symbol of, like, rebellion. You know what I mean? Yes. yes, Whereas now it's just like, oh, fucking Lil Nas X is, like, hanging out with Satan. Dope. You know? Like, and it's, like, not even pop culturally. We're just, like, cool, you know? And that, I think, is kind of... I'm seeing it more culture acceptance that I'm, I'm sensing feels different because when you have the kind of subculture uh, being like, this is our rebellion. It just fuels the war, right? It fuels the fire. But when you have pop culture just being like, 
chill, cool. Like on, it's dude. not quite that same like rebellious thing. It's just like it is what it is. It's a symbol. It's art. It means what it means, and you should all chill out a little. No, bit, I, you know? I, I, you're, you've just touched on something that I see. I, I agree that I think it's now seen more as we brought it up earlier, the soul of the nation or whatever. That like people, and I've seen on you know, you know, those Facebook things that family members that are like have the same quote about the end times that when good is seed is bad and bad is seen is good. That's this time when, you know, the day of reckoning is coming. So that's what I think was happening more now. It's like mainstream is real chill with it. You know, like we love it. <laughs> but that's nice, a sign of the end times. Big so. <laughs> fan. Wop. Awesome. You know, that like it. amazing. We love it. But, and so for these, but um, the thing is like, you know, from our perspective, it's not a sign of the end times. It's just a sign of progression and being accepting of people and and their many dimensions. Um, and that can be hard for some people. Yep. But that also that is such an important idea too. That yeah, the 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 end times, the um, yeah, cultural soul that is at you know that that people feel they need to save once again speaking as someone in the in the space of a historian like people have been preaching the end times since the beginning of people and it's just stubborn (laughs) fucking come and um and uh and people have been attaching their own meanings to that but like if that is the narrative you've latched onto, I I just have to say it's not new. It's it's been going on for definitely as long as there's been Christianity, but before that, before that, like narratives of apocalyptic ideology, um, thinking the world's going to end. It is a tale as old as humanity. And tale as old as time. Yeah. And to be fair, someday it is all going to end. It is like, yeah. because that's just how life works. It's in a cycle, but um, of life. Yeah. yeah, but I, I don't think it's going to end at the fiery hands of Satan. I think it's going to end because it's time for it to end. So maybe, maybe just relax a little bit. <laughs> yeah. My message is like chill and uh, relax. Be calm and call me by your name, you know? And there you go. Just we're here for a good time, not a long time. time. (laughs) That's it. That's it. And as going back to the beginning of this uh, entire podcast, and ghost hunting is a part of it, but also apparently satanic panic is a part of it. Sadly. You know, as a button to this, it's funny that I didn't mention this at the beginning of this talk, but a couple of years ago, I went to the the Satanic Temple, did a um, a screening in New York of Haxon, uh, which is an old, basically, witch uh, film that was like, how how did... pick out a witch in a crowd, you know, like, and these are the history of witch trials and all that. So you pick out a witch. And it was part of a, it was a, it was a three part sort of evening. It was, we watched the movie. We were also, uh, we all, it was a mid, a black mass where they did a mass and talked about politics. And then they, uh, they, they had a full like presentation on the satanic panic where they talked a lot about these things here that we're talking about now, but they went into more detail, but it's just, I just wanted to point out that, like, yeah, at the very end of this talk, that, like, yeah, is it a black mass a couple years ago? And it's chill. It's fine. <laughs> it's chill. Yeah. And there's <laughs> a pretty no, cool movie. We touched on it, but 
just to kind of reiterate, um, you cannot separate these things from political context. They're all tied up in politics. Sure. 80s, it was tied up in politics. QAnon, it's tied up in politics now. All tied up in political ideology and political weight and, and what yeah. people want to happen with political power, which you should always be critical of. Always, 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 always. <laughs> Watch the HBO QAnon doc because that will take you on a journey of where this information is actually coming from and its attachment to certain ideologies. But also, maybe just to kind of wrap things up and also on a fun note, I don't know if we've even really mentioned this to our listeners before, but you and I visited the Satanic Temple in Salem together. Yeah, it's it cool. And we took a dope ass picture in it as well which i'm going to post on instagram but it's cool. it it is cool it's just a cool space it, lots of art lots of different kinds of art and the people i even remember the person who took my ticket was just like i just got like the best energy from them they were so lovely and like just like cool and they were dressed super cool and they were just like very welcoming and i was like I will live here. I will live here at the Satanic Temple. Yeah, it was cool. They had there's some really cool art. They had the Baphomet statue there. It was took some pictures with. They also, right next to the Baphomet statue, they had one of Degas' dancer sketches, which yeah, why not nuts? Where are you going to find Degas? Oh, right there. <laughs> funny. It's funny um, how art. Yeah, and about. and yeah, and it, it's just a it's a cool space. And any any research I've done into the satanic community in terms of like contemporary satanic temple, all just really cool people that are uh, basically just fighting for openness of religion in America and openness of belief in America and, um, and fighting against the sort of like exclusivity of just Christian doctrine in America. Yeah. That's very much prevalent. It's fighting with uh, keeping the playing field leveled. And they do a lot of really, really cool stunts to, you know, show the hypocrisy that exists, you know? Like yeah. I mean, them. it's, in my yeah. opinion, it's very much a political organization. Sure. Like it yep. really is. They do a lot of political work, but it's, and they've made the some fight, really you know? baller moves. They've done yeah. some really cool shit. So if you don't know anything about them, you should look into them. We will do an episode on them for sure. Um, but uh, there's a, a really great documentary. I don't know if it's still on Hulu. It might. It was be. for a while. I don't know. But it's called Hail Satan? Question mark? Question mark. Very much recommend. I think that was my first deep dive into being like, this is what contemporary Satanism is about. And it's dope. It's so good. So if that's something you're just like, oh, I don't know anything about that. Look into it They're Yeah, they're mostly just like kind of a political organization that is trying to, as you said, level the playing field because we live in a nation that claims to support religious freedom, but is very much based on Christianity. It's like religious freedom as long as you're a Christian. <laughs> yeah, originally, yeah is, the, is the subtitle there. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, in the contemporary context, that's really what most Satanists are doing. They're, they're trying to create a more even climate in a socio-political sense. And they're Shred. definitely not drinking the blood of children. So... Nope. Saw no children blood when we were there. I didn't even see a child. I didn't see. <laughs> yeah. Nope, I just, no just saw some other people looking at art. It was a very chill experience. They had um, some really cool mugs. I almost bought one. 
pretty good merch good merch from the good merch some t-shirts yeah so i mean obviously lots of complicated information here and not a topic we will stop talking about because to be honest it's just something i'm very passionate about and i think it's something that no matter where you are on the spectrum of like religion or whatever, like you should just think critically about because as we described, people's lives are affected by this. People's lives are yep. at stake and we should really make sure that we're not using religious bias to imprison people, to harm people, to make political decisions like yeah there's just so much there's so much so hope you enjoyed this conversation this was this was a good one it's an important one it's a lot of not fun stuff to talk about but you know it wasn't a fun time so it is fun to listen to zeppelin backwards i gotta admit that's fun (laughs) that's the thing i've been talking to my roommates like man i know we're about to go through another satanic panic but like think about all the dope music we're about to get you know (laughs) Like some real good music. It's starting up, man. It's starting up. X, I love you. Right off the bat. Here we go. But thank you all for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. Obviously, this being a complicated, more like complex topic, like we'd love to hear feedback. Um, This is honestly like this is like my bread and butter. I like getting deep into shit like this so if you have further thoughts or further information or whatever, please email us at happy harvest horror show at gmail.com you can find us on instagram you can find us on youtube please if you're new to all this information check out all those resources we gave you please 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 because i just think it's an important thing for people to be informed about so learn about QAnon, learn about satanic panic learn about these things and Um, go forth my children yeah go forth and and stay spooky because ultimately being spooky is counterculture and that's fucking metal so fucking punk it's metal it's all of it it's punk it's metal listen it's cool (laughs) you want to be cool right (laughs) yes you do (laughs) and until next time stay spooky stay spooky yeah (laughs) stay spooky and uh you know fight fascism (laughs) Man. Bye. Bye. <laughs>